Welcome to Wisdom Personified, Conversations with Dudum Somi, a passionate and relentless pursuit of exploring how individuals use good judgment in everyday life, both in their personal and professional lives. Irene Kiwa is my guest today for this new episode of Wisdom Personified, Conversations with Dudum Somi. Irene is from Tanzania but is at home in any country in Africa as she grows her Pan-African empire. I first met Irene in 2010 in the US where we were nominated as 35 emerging women leaders from various parts of the world to participate in the Fortune US State Department Global Women Mentoring Program where we were matched with women CEOs and executive leaders from Fortune 500 companies to be our mentors over a four-week period. Her beautiful looks may initially draw you in, but her heart and her mind are what keep you for a lifetime. My friend, it's so great to have you in South Africa. How are you doing? I am so excited to be here. Beautiful, beautiful country, I love it. And a beautiful day. And a beautiful day, and look at that. (laughs) Look at that view. So you were born in Arusha, Tanzania. Mm -hmm. Uh, What was your childhood like? What did you do in your spare time? Wow. So I was born in Arusha, and then very early on, when I was three, we moved to Dar es Salaam, which is the um, capital. capital, uh, We remember that one, yeah. Well, (laughs) the economic capital of, of Tanzania. Yeah. And so I grew up there. I went to school in Tanzania. My childhood was um, very dramatic because <laughs> my parents separated when I was three. By the time we got to Dar es Salaam, I remember my parents separating oh. and it was quite a bit of mm. drama Yeah, where my dad um, left the country, went to study in Japan. Wow. And then my mom took me and my sister to um, her grandparents in Kilimanjaro, okay. which is... Uh, the one that still needs to be climbed. I know, right? <laughs> well, I'm just happy to look at it. I'm not going up that mountain. <laughs> yes, yeah. and then uh, when my father finished um, studying in Japan, I was around five. He came to take me and my sister, and he was married to a Japanese woman. So That's uh, my childhood uh, was filled with um, Japanese culture memories. <laughs> yes. How have they, those impacted you, eh? Wow, I think um, in, in so many ways because I, I had a very dark childhood. My stepmom didn't like me, so she was really horrible, like oh evil gosh. stepmother, plus, plus, plus. Wow. And I remember spending a lot of my um, time, you know, just going inward and creating a beautiful life for myself because Which my you're reality. Now. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely, because my reality was just really really harsh and uh, my father was very busy so he didn't have time he didn't really understand or knew what was happening and I was very scared and very afraid to tell anyone so it was a lot of beating a lot of um, you know evil (laughs) ill treatment Uh, I was made to drink toilet water I was made to eat uh, food from a dog's plate you know that type of evil so yeah I was very happy to be in school you know, for the few hours during the so day. So did you learn Japanese? I did, I did, but I, I don't remember most of it because yeah. uh, by the time I was 14, that relationship ended, oh so God. life got back to. I'm so sorry you know. about that. No, no, it's, it's part and parcel of my 
history yeah. and who I am. So. But we love who you are. I so. love who I am. <laughs> I love who I am. So you're the co-founder and chief growth officer of Adenian Ad, Ad, Labs. Adenian Labs, yes. yeah? Yes. Which is a tech venture studio for yes. African startups. Absolutely. What does Adenian Labs do? So um, we say we're in the business of building camels, right? Okay. <laughs> and uh, we're doing that um, intentionally by investing and nurturing African entrepreneurs and African innovation. We want to truly be active in the actuation of the um, fourth industrial revolution. Mm -hmm. We don't want to stand on the side and say, okay, there has been mm -hmm. a fourth industrial revolution. Yep. But wait a minute, where are the Africans okay. in it, right? Again. Yeah, <laughs> again. And this revolution is very important because we've missed out in so many things in the past, mm. but it gives us a chance to change the narrative and to change the trajectory of the continent. So it's a very important one. Yeah. And um, we are headquartered in Kenya. We have a presence in five countries, and what we do is we give pre-seed investment to entrepreneurs, but also work with them for a year to ensure that they build technology that is scalable mm -hmm. and that can compete globally, and they have all the resources they need so they can go to market, and they can access a borderless Africa. Mm. Because you know, for us as Africans, we believe the opportunity is in the 1.3 billion yeah. people. We're going back to our roots. Yes. Borderless Africa. Borderless Africa. And the beginning of civilization. Absolutely. Because we were the ones that bore that civilization. But yes. Anyway. Yes. Um, so what is the best advice you've ever received? And what did it say yeah. and from whom? Okay. Can I say two? Yeah. <laughs> if you have to. Yeah. So uh, one of the first really mind-blowing advice that I received that truly you know, uh, lays out everything that I do is, I think it was one of my early age mentors who said, Irene, if you don't know where you're going, any road will take you there. Yeah. And Alison Wonderland. No, but, but I, I, didn't, yeah. I didn't hear it from Alison yeah, Wonderland. I, I heard it from one <laughs> yeah. of my mentors. And I, I, I really took time to reflect what it what meant. It and he said, yeah. well, if you don't have any destinations, mm -hmm. it means if you get out of here and you get in a car and yeah. you end up in Durban, you would have arrived because mm. you had no destination. Yeah. So that really changed my life because I started looking at things from, okay, where do I want to be in mm. 10 years? Where do I want to be in 20 years? Where do I want to be at the end of my life? Mm. And then what do I need to do to get there? So it also helps me a lot in terms of direction because it's like my true north. Yeah. Every opportunity I meet, the people I meet, you know, you look at it, are they going to help me get there? Are they a part of, you know, that movement or not? So that's one. And the second one that I really, really, really love, you know, it's, I think I read it in a book. I actually don't remember where I got it from. But it said, just when the butterfly thought life was over, it became, no, just when the caterpillar thought life was over, it became a butterfly. Mm -hmm. So from that, I always take mm. challenges like your Welcome, Mr. Challenge. Transformation. What's yeah. next? Because mm. we're going to do this. So um, I don't look at failure as failure. I don't look at challenges yeah. as, oh, I've arrived. This is yeah. where I need to be. I'm stuck. So, and I think those two mm. mottos um, have been a big driving force in my life. Because out of the ashes rose the phoenix. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> You've been leading and driving your career mm. since you were a student at DAR. Um, as a broadcast producer yes. for East African Television mm -hmm. and IPP Media. Yes. And later on, you became an entrepreneur at 25. Mm -hmm. 
What about your upbringing has made you so fearless and a visionary? <laughs> wow. So, because when I was at school, at university, and I'm talking about 20, 2000 to 2004, when I was doing my first degree at the University of Dar es Salaam, I think I was one of the first students who had like four jobs going on and still studying. I was a TV producer and presenter at IPP Media. I had a gig in town, you know, working for a PR company. During the weekends, I, I used to do promotions for um, FMCG companies. And during Saturdays and Sundays, I was a makeup artist. I mean. So I feel like I, I, I always was enterprising. Mm, that's your affinity with Torah. Yes, yes, exactly. Okay. <laughs> and, and at that time, makeup, being a makeup artist was not a thing, yeah. right? So it was quite new. So to, for, I did that because I wanted to learn and I wanted to create a different life for myself. Like I, I just felt like I, I had so much to give mm. and so much to learn. And um, you know, trying all those different things while being in school and doing well at yeah. school, you know, uh, truly gave me a good foundation to everything else that I did later. But you asked about my childhood. I that made me fearless. Just surviving um, a hostile stepmother and a hostile environment, and still wanting to come out of it, you know, from a positive perspective and, and, and not being a victim, rather being, being a hero yeah. of, okay, I have gone through this, great, what's the lesson, how do I move forward, how, so I, I'm truly fearless mm. in, in that perspective because the years that I spent in my head as a child fantasizing and creating a fantastic world where I was this hero going around the world and doing amazing things, you know, which feels like <laughs> something that I'm currently doing. Mm. It, truly. You're I'm, living it. Yes, I, living. I'm living it. It, yeah. it, it un, un, unclogged uh, any fear yeah. that I would have had. It's a great lesson there. Mm. Great wisdom. You've ha you have a bachelor's degree mm -hmm. in international relations. Yes. And public administration and an MBA. Yes. But a number of your ventures have been in the technology space. Mm -hmm. What wisdom will you share about how you go about building a tech venture mm -hmm. when you're not an ICT specialist and also gain the credibility in the eyes of your staff yes. and customers as yeah. a business leader? So, um, I, uh, like you said, I studied international relations and then I went on to set up a PR and marketing company and I had to learn on the job and, and you know, experience is the best teacher in life. And by the time I was evolving into technology, which has been very recent, 2019 is when truly that um, shift started. I used my uh, talents in communication and marketing. I know and I understand that I'm not uh, um, a developer. I cannot program. I, I don't have that knowledge. But what I know is how to communicate. It's how to market. It's how to, uh, to build businesses because, you know, I've always been an entrepreneur. It's how to support talent. It's how to collaborate. And those are very important aspects of building and running any businesses. And, you know, you work with people, right? So, mm. so, so when you think about technology, it's about... It's just an enabler, it's just a road. You know, at the end of the day, what's the destination? What are you trying to build or achieve? And then you know, the things that you don't understand, you bring in people who understand. I'm also very lucky 
to have found co-founders who have great knowledge in things that I don't have knowledge in. One of the co-founders is uh, our CTO, is a tech guru. And thanks to him, we're able to build technology that can compete globally anytime. And the other co-founder is absolutely fantastic in unlocking new opportunity, opportunities and in new markets, which has allowed us to scale very quick. So I, I am really good at communicating, at marketing, at building, structuring, mm. at, at creating processes. So, so that's what I focus in. Yeah. Yeah. So it's always key in terms of the times, types of partners you choose. Types of partners, the type of talent you bring yeah. on board, but also being open to learning. Mm. I mean, two and a half years ago, if you asked me about things like blockchain or artificial intelligence, I would have said, oh, a block, a block and a chain. <laughs> yeah, that, what is that? What is that? But, yeah. but then, you know, I have learned so much. You know, you, there is so much resource online. You know, I, I spend time. I'm intentional about wanting to understand these things. Now I can speak on a panel yeah. about blockchain and what it can do and how it can be implemented. But it's been that investment that I want to understand this. I want to be, you know, if it's, it's, it's my business. So I'm making it my business to understand. Yeah. Yeah. So like cybersecurity, mm. just working on a masterclass for that. Yes. Uh, because people just don't understand yeah, why and everybody should be interested in cybersecurity. And, and when you hear th words like that, the first thing is, gosh, not for me. Yeah, but it's, for it's application it's is so critical yeah. in our everyday lives. Yeah. Yeah. What is the one wisdom you have learned about yourself and the world that you will tell your 16-year-old self? So I would tell 16-year-old Irene that A, she is multifaceted she cannot put herself and she should not put herself in a box you know where she feels stuck just because you know she thinks this is her path and her only option there is options in everything that we do options in terms of career options in terms of situation so um, and the world is a very big place yeah we should not be confined in a space that does not promote our growth. And um, it's out there to be explored, whether it's um, mental or physical or career or yeah. a business area. Yeah. Like, like they, it's a big world. Yeah. I don't need to be, just because I started um, running this type of business, I don't need to stick with that type of business forever just yeah. because that's how I'm identified as, yeah? So um, I would tell Irene to be adventurous and open-minded and uh, be bold to truly explore the world in its full sense. Yeah. yeah. It's, um, I mean, it's amazing how much exposure mm. helps mm. in terms of creating a different destiny than what you think you yes. would have. Yes. We're just talking about that with somebody. Mm. Um, which is why it's always my passion, mm -hmm. whether it's young kids or mentees. Yes. Exposure, suddenly what you think you could do Absolutely. is suddenly so different. Because we're not, we're not what our past is. Yeah. We're not where we are today. We are who we want to be. Yeah. Yeah. But it's also that little voice in our heads. If mm. you haven't been exposed, then yes. you don't get to crack it open. Absolutely. But what do you think your unique value proposition is? Um, if you were not here tomorrow, how would the world be poorer without you in it? So, <laughs> wow. That's a very powerful question. So my unique value proposition 
is my ability to see the potential in people. When I meet people, when I interact with people, I don't see them for where and who they are now. I see their capabilities, I see their potential, and I'm extremely gifted in helping them unlock all of that and become you know, that person that um, they're meant to be or they're aspiring to uh -huh. be. So for me, that is mentorship, you know, for a lack of a better world. And I think that is why I was so motivated to build a mentorship platform so that yeah. women can access mentors, guidance. And um, I'm, I, I actually also am gifted in being able to see the world from a curve, you know, bef before. So, so I'm, I'm always building for the future. I'm always um, thinking about, okay, where am I going to be 20, you know, 20 years from now, 30 years from now, but how am I going to impact the world 30 years from now so that I can do that today? And I think the work that we're doing today, for example, with Adenian Labs and my passion in building capacity for women and uh, young people is exactly that, you know, where is Africa going to be at, you know, 2040? And what must we do today? Not just talk, but yeah. truly yeah. do, so that you know that world becomes um, a, a vision yeah. or you know the rea a reality of the vision oh. that we have today. Oh. Yeah. So, so there will be a huge space when I'm gone. <laughs> Chalky. <laughs> there could be. <laughs> have you ever found yourself in a situation, whether at work or in love? when you suppressed a huge part of your personality or character, where you felt if you expressed that part of yourself, you would not receive the prestige or you will not re retain a relationship. Mm -hmm. What did you suppress? Mm -hmm. And how did you find the confidence to change that status quo? Yeah. And what have the repercussions been from that decision. Yeah, wow. So I became an, became an entrepreneur very early on in my life, yeah? So I graduated from university, I was 24, and I started my company, Frontline, Frontline Management, and, and we were focusing on public relations, media, and marketing. So I was very young, and at that point, I had just been um, in, the, in, in the beauty industry, so I was a former Miss, Tanzania alumni, and then I was on TV, yeah? Mm -hmm. So to be able to successfully build a credible business and be taken serious, I had to become a different person. So I didn't have the luxury of showcasing my femininity and youthfulness in a way that a normal 24-year-old would. I, first of all, shaved my hair so that I don't bring any attention to myself. And, then, and yet, you still looked cute. <laughs> I Very did, unfair. Right? <laughs> yes. It so was shorter I, than this when we it met. It was. It yeah. was bold. Yeah. I, I went bold in my 20s. Yeah. So I was like, I'm not going to draw any attention on me. I want people to see me for what I can offer. And then I changed my dress code. So I used to dress very conservative mm. as, as a young girl. Uh, most, my friends used to tease me all the time. But I also had to change... Um, my social relations, right? So I can be taken serious. Mm. So that when I'm sitting with a CEO or a director yeah. at any company, they are not looking at me as, oh, this hot babe, right? They're looking at me as 
this person that we can do business with. Hmm. Was I successful in that? I think so. You know, I think it did help. But in that, you know, it really robbed me off, you know, <laughs> the dramas of being in, in, yeah. in, in your 20s. And I think when I, many years later, when, when the business was successful and, and you know, I, I, I am a credible and respected person in my, in my industry and in, in the business sphere, I started, you know, now becoming more myself. I'm able to dress in a, in a way that I, I, I feel. You know, I, I don't care what, yeah. what they think because I have, you know, I've shown you've, myself you've already. You've proven yourself. Yeah. Yes, I've proven myself. So, so in my 40s now, I truly am myself 100%. And, and I think I've learned to understand that, you know, uh, I need to be my authentic self. And um, the people who need to understand me will understand me. Yeah. And uh, the people that I, I love, that I associate with, that I spend my time and, and I give my love to, will love me for who mm. I am. And that's it. It's, it's all of this or yeah. you can yeah. go along. I totally relate to yes. that, <laughs> as a female Do you business. think it's an age thing? Yeah, but also a female thing, because mm. I found that uh, I decided to detract from the body, because mm -hmm. growing up, there's a lot of focus. Cute. Yes. You know, it's yes. like Absolutely. great body. Yes. And, and people start focusing on that. And, yes. and, and when you succeed, especially when you're young, mm -hmm. I mean, I was already on a board at 28 yes. Yes. And, and things like that. Then they think you're sleeping your way to the top. Yes. There's so also you try that notion. and yes. take attention away from yes. your physical. But it doesn't stop people. If people want to talk, they'll talk. So, yeah, you know. uh, absolutely. You learn that yeah. as, you, as you grow older yeah. and, and, and you own your power. Yeah. Yes. So what is the lesson that you have learned that you would like to share with our viewers? So I'll, I'll, I'll speak from a business perspective. Um, I have learned when you do business, especially when you're doing business with friends or family, yeah. um, it's extremely important that there is clarity. You know, um, we, we get so excited and, you know, we, we want to do and build things together and we forget that everything that we do has value. And in five years, in 10 years, that value, you know, will be built. But because we have not put a solid foundation that defines things, you know, things end up being sticky and messy and friendships end up being broken, um, relationships end up being broken. But uh, for me, I have learned that a business is an entity of its own. Wh whichever party I'm getting into business with, whether it's my partner, my sister, my friend, we need to have the structures and processes and the legalities in place so that no matter what happens, things can be well mitigated and, and well handled. Yeah. yeah, and you speak from experience. I'm speaking from experience, yes. To be repeated and not, not to be repeated. Never to be repeated because um, currently, whatever business I do, I make sure that everybody um, that I'm partnering with understands, you know, and we are on the same page and we are aligned and there is 100% clarity. Nothing is lost in uh, translation, but also being open and honest about issues when they come up and not being afraid to speak because any relationship, you know, the, the biggest issue becomes the communication where someone feels like this is not right or I'm not happy, but they're not able to say it. So I've learned to be extremely open with my feelings, with my sentiments, and also in how I address things and I deal with things. So you are divorced. 
this could be interpreted as failing in the love arena. As someone who has the tenacity to grit and succeed through any business challenge, how did this perceived failure in your personal life impact your perception of yourself and the business life, if at all? <laughs> so, so this will be the first time I ever talk about my, <laughs> my relationship situations, right? Uh, so, but, um, so I was in a very long-term relationship for 15 years with my ex, uh, who is also the father of my kids. And um, the transition from that relationship was very challenging emotionally because, you know, for 15 years with someone, your entire life is built around them. Your future is built with them attached. So for me, you know, first of all, just being able to recognize that things were not serving us anymore in the way that, you know, we hoped for and being able to elevate ourselves from that situation, you know, was quite a big success, right? And, and we did it in a way that was extremely um, respectful. We were, and, and I guess maybe it's because we had a very strong foundation of friendship. But um, so I can't say it was a failure. I think, you know, we have just evolved into a new type of relationship where we're still raising our children and we're supporting each other and we're there for each other. And um, the world evolves, it moves. And um, I'm, I'm glad that uh, things happened in the way that they happened. And um, I can't say, I can't say it's a failure. And, and I think women need, especially women, because mostly it's women who look at these things and think, oh, I have failed. What have you failed? You know, I have actually succeeded to build a family and ha I have succeeded to continue to, um, to grow this family. The circumstances are not the same, but, but the success is there, mm. right? So we need to look at these things from a different perspective and stop being hard on ourselves, but also look at the bigger picture and, and, and go out of our way if we need to, to make sure that we create that bigger picture. Like we don't succumb to bitterness and, and, and evilness and, 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 and all these fights that create so much. Yes, they the create fight. so much yeah. issues. Yeah. So being adults about, about these yeah. things, yeah, they, they do happen. There's nothing we can do about that. But how we handle everything is what is in our powers. Do you still have a bucket list that you wish to accomplish in the business environment? <gasps> a bucket list? Yeah. Absolutely. I want to say absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> you can't say that, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So, when I think about the work that I'm doing today and and what we've accomplished so far, and it's still very early days, for me, my vision is creating uh, smart tech cities in key markets across Africa that contribute to 20, 30 percent of the GDPs of those regions and truly integrating technology in those regions, having centers of excellence in different fields and sectors, and centers of uh, knowledge, yeah, so that we can continue to build capacity. So the transition of what we're doing for me is that smart tech cities in five regions in Africa, where we truly transform regional uh, technology. And the regions are at the moment? So uh, east, west, south, north, central. And north, have you been to the north yet? So, so we are currently in um, East Africa, Southern of Africa, and uh, West Africa, 
Next year, we're looking to go into Northern Africa and Central Africa. Which country are you hoping? To, starting from Egypt. Okay. Yeah, so, which would complete, you know, our, our big mm. four of the most. Going back to our roots again. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. So, okay. so for me, that's how I see it. I want, I want in 2035, 2040, to truly look back, if I'm still alive, and, and see that tangible impact and, and being able to cut it as a slice and you know and eat it to yeah. see how you know we have empowered so many young people and they're contributing to their communities we have built solutions that are transforming lives and we have created a whole economy around technology that is truly uplifting uh, the economy of the continent yeah i'm sure you will amen <laughs> so we can chat the whole time yes but we need to cut this Already? <laughs> yeah. Why? I thought we just got started. I thought so too. Uh, but before that, mm -hmm. um, any regrets? Um, I mean, there's always there's always moments of reflection where you know you think back, and you're like, I could have done this better. I could have handled this better. But um, I think one of the things I've learned is just to being able to graciously. Um, not regret and and just take the lessons and move forward and and truly do better in the in the in the moving forward. I feel I have been truly blessed in my life to be able to um, have the courage to go after the things that I believe in. It's not been easy. I I, I always say if, sometimes you do make it look easy. I, I'm telling you. I always say if there's a straight road, yeah, mm -hmm. that this is the main road mm -hmm. and everybody's going through it. From when I was a child. I have never been on that straight road. Mm. I have always been on the side road, always. But somehow, <laughs> managed it, to get into the main road. No, not necessarily. Really? But it seems like I'm on the main road. But maybe I'm just close enough. Maybe but your perception of it. But people looking outside yes. look at you. But so maybe you should stop looking at yourself as being on the side road because you are actually on the main road. No, no. When I say the side road, I mean you know the way society says, okay, so my childhood, for example, it's not your typical story yeah. where you know you grow up, you you have a stepmother who happens to be Japanese and and you know she is evil and you have to survive that and then you go to um, high school and you're kicked out of high school and then you go to you know like there's always been obstacles obstacles and massive obstacles so I, I all that, that's why I, 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 I gave it that mm. that uh, perspective to say I I'm always not doing the norm not that it's bad but it's part of your it's part of it's my journey. journey it is yeah. part of my journey and, I, and yeah. i'd love to embrace it and, and i'm so grateful that i'm able to to be able to you know venture through that side and make road. it look effortless because i think that <laughs> people looking yeah. at you yeah. think it's effortless but yes. you know it's not it's not it's, yeah. it's absolutely not but it's very intentional very very intentional and, and i love being on that path hmm to end our conversation, mm -hmm. what wisdom would you like to leave us with? So I would, I would, I would say, and, 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 and maybe this is the season that I'm in, so, mm -hmm. so I, I sometimes sound like a broken record. But I will say, you know, I, I want Africans today who are watching this to remember that we are the generation that has been tasked with an opportunity to change things for the next multiple generations to come. We are in a time where the fourth industrial revolution is taking place. It's a revolution of technology, it's of data. 
if we don't do the right things, to recover from this might take, I don't know how many, many other thousand years. So we need to do the right things. Wherever we are, whether you know, we're in government, we, are in, uh, we need to make sure that we create the right policies and we need to think about 50 years from now, 100 years from now. We need to think like that. If we're in business, you know, what processes and structures and what are we doing? How are we building the things we're building so that they can create that sustainability? And if we're in community and society, how are we preparing our communities and societies? So we need to, for the first time, think about that long-term effect. Think about that future so that we do the right things today. Mm -hmm. We need to have audacious ambition as Africans. Yes. Which yes. I think we lack. Yes. I, 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 and understand mm. that we're not who we are. And we, 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 I, I feel like sometimes our problem is we just think about our current existence. Yeah. Where we don't think about our it's children. It's the monetary. We've, we don't think about our grandchildren. Yeah. And, and it's reflected also in how we structure our families, yes. you know, in our legacies. So we, we need to stop thinking like that and think about a hundred years from Generational. now. Generational. Yes. It's about immediate gratification. Absolutely. Immediate gratification that. should be I'm building a great foundation Absolutely. for the next generation. Absolutely. I want I want to build a company that will last a hundred and 20 years yeah. so that my great 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 grandkids can say grandma rocked yeah absolutely but also what i admire about you is this cross-border thinking mm. Mm. um which more of us as african south africans should mm. do yes um to not depend just on government opening doors yes but for us to start getting into east africa west africa yes and and, and governments will follow when governments look outside and they see oh my god they're already doing business. They're yeah. already doing the things we've been talking about. They will follow. And um, for me, I am so excited to be here in South Africa because you know we have built an infrastructure in five countries in Africa. And we are truly um, intentional and um, looking forward to supporting African entrepreneurs so that they can access Africa without having to worry about they don't know someone or they don't have the resources. If there is a successful business here in South Africa that is looking to go to Nigeria, how can we give it the soft landing, yes. open doors, and, and give them you know that testing ground? And uh, for us to succeed, for us to build anything tangible for this continent, we need to act, think, be, and evolve in a borderless Africa manner. Mm. Yeah and use your communication skills to understand. Mm. Um, I, I, I'm glad that you, you in South Africa, mm. understanding that xenophobia is not xenophobia. Yes. It's people fighting for economic liberation. Yes. And they just happening, they happen to go for the long, low hanging fruit. Which is, it, yes, it, which the is lack the, of opportunities yeah, that we think is which presented. Which is not xenophobia. We must stop using that word. And Absolutely. I'm hoping you will help me spread that word, and my you friend. And you will, you will, I have a lot to learn. Yeah. I have a lot to learn and I'm glad I have a soft landing myself. Yeah. Where I'm going to unpack all of those things with you. Great. Thank you. Thank you. It's been such a pleasure, Dudu. Thank you so much. Wisdom is wealth. Hope you have enjoyed this powerhouse from East Africa. Thank you for listening to this episode of Wisdom Personified Conversations with Durum Somi. Please also like, follow and subscribe to our channel and share the wisdom with your friends. I would love it if you could rate and review as well. Wisdom Personified Conversations with Durum Somi 
is also available on YouTube, Facebook Watch, Apple, and Google Podcasts, as well as Spotify. Enjoy the wisdom journey.